0: what's going on everybody we made it through this disastrous year i'm your host big t will and there's nothing like it i'm feeling that nat it's 2020 out the door 2021 is officially here this is philly full court press and that is the producer extraordinaire nat marlowe what's going on nat t
1: will hello there and welcome everybody to the year 2021
0: yeah because uh, this past year uh, was definitely a very historic year and it was historic on the wrong side of history I, I would say and uh, hopefully there's light at the end of the tunnel now let's not forget just because we turned the, turn the page to 2021 that you know just snap our fingers and everything just disappears. Cause that's not going to happen. So we still got to be on our toes until, uh, you know, till we know everything is safe. And then you still got to be on top of your toes. But uh, the one thing that I'm happy for is Doc Rivers and his coaching staff. Nat,
1: how about you? Dude, what else can you say about Doc Rivers and the front office and the coaching staff? I mean, nothing. pretty much nothing but good things have happened to this team since Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey took over. It's been an absolute blessing. I mean, they're 4-1 on the year so far. Yeah, they had one bad loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers, but I mean, losses are going to happen. You're not going to win every single game as much as we want this team to go 72-0 and for the year. You know, let, let, let's be realistic here. And look, even with that loss, you know what they did? They took that loss and they fixed all their mistakes heading into the next game. You can't complain too much about that when they're doing anything and everything they can to not just say that they're going to learn from their mistakes, but actually applying what they've learned and turning well, yeah, the corner.
0: You're right about that, and we're going, to, we're going to jump into that. We're going to break down the the loss to the Cavs. We'll break down the, the Toronto game. We'll break down the Orlando game. Um you know, let's talk about the badge because the Cavaliers game was pretty bad. Uh, the second quarter and third quarter got away from the Sixers in the Cavs game, and the Sixers couldn't hit anything. They they couldn't hit anything. They couldn't hit layoffs. They couldn't hit jumpers. They couldn't hit mid range. They couldn't hit their foul shots. I said, and actually, foul shooting was the their their uh, only thing they were hitting. They shot about seventy three percent from the line, uh, sixteen of twenty two but um you know they took way too many threes against the Cavaliers as well and it kind of had that game had the stench of a Brett Brown type game that where you took 37 threes that game uh, you shot 40 percent for 42 percent from the field from the field uh, but you had 21 turnovers you gave up 38 points uh, you, you gave up 68 points in the paint. You had 19 personal fouls. Like, that was just a stench game. Now, granted, Embiid didn't play, but still, you shouldn't have to have Embiid against the Cavaliers. Like, let's be real. I mean, we brought in uh, – we talked about having the luxury of Dwight Howard uh, stepping in and filling uh, Embiid's spot, and he was more than capable of filling his spot that game. But that this game does not fall on just him. It falls on Ben Simmons. It falls on Tobias Harris. Seth Curry, and everyone else that who played in this game.
1: Yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter that Joel Embiid isn't in that game because you need everybody else to step up. Like, yeah, Joel is the superstar on this team, but he's not the only player on this team. Dwight Howard does a competent job compared to every other uh, backup center that Embiid has had over his tenure here. But still, like, you can't just like put all the responsibility on Dwight Howard when Joel Embiid's out of the game. No, everybody has to step up.
0: And everyone didn't step up. I mean, I mean we can run, run it down real quick. You know, to, Tobias Harris had 16-9 and in uh, a 28-minute run. Danny Green, uh, still kind of waiting for him to shine a little bit. No one's really saying much about that, but he had four points in a 17-minute run. Dwayne Howard had nine points in 15 minutes, but he also was in foul trouble. Uh, ben Simmons had 15-6 and six in about a 24-minute run. And then you you got six points from your bench. The bench scoring actually was was bad too. Uh twenty thirty-two points thirty for forty-two points from the bench. I mean, that's not enough. No. So this bench is score this bench is scoring at least fifty high fifties and the low sixties the games they won.
1: Yeah, and Mike so, Scott, how is Mike Scott leading the bench scoring with twelve points, when Maxi's only putting up six, Shake is only putting up six, Furcon four. I mean, like I'm not expecting a whole lot out of Furcon, but Matisse Thiebel only played eight
0: minutes, and had no points in that game. What's going on? Yeah, it was a rough game. This is this is one of those games that the the spacing was off, the the flow was off. Uh, they try to force too much, and when you do that. This is what happens. These are the kind of clunkers you have, and 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 enough for nothing. You know, Nat and I watched this this highlight more than once. Um, the Sixers only got one one. They got out rebounding. They were one and done, coming down on the offensive end, shooting up. Miss Cavaliers rebound and break out. So you're gonna have games like this, and you and you can't overreact. When you overreact to a game like this, you kind of set yourself up to look like a dummy. There's a lot of people now overreacting over this one game. I mean, it was a whole lot of uh, reactions. I'm not going to name the accounts, and I'm not going to name the handles and everything, but they know who they are out there. I got know, t- Go ahead.
1: I got a text from a friend of mine, all caps. Now, he was mad about the Eagles lost that day as well. So... I got this text.
0: If you are still mad about the Eagles loss then you need to <laughs> you gotta move on to something else <laughs>
1: this the, the sixers were not helping him whatsoever and his, uh, and his high blood pressure but I just get this this text in all caps. he just go I don't care if baby's not
0: in the game like you gotta do something He's right. He's right though I mean but it, was, it is an overreaction. I, I had a couple text messages as well. Oh, your your boy's not playing. He's starting this already. This load management, back this, and I'm like, yo, (laughs) like come on, like even with Embiid out, you still should dominate that game. But you're not going to dominate the game if you're giving up 68 points in the paint with 21 turnovers, 19 personal fouls. Uh, you got out rebounded 45 to 39. You got out assisted. You got out blocked, and they had to the catch had 13 steals. You know, you're going to get beat. They shot 81% from the free throw line, and they shot 53% from the field. They couldn't miss. They couldn't miss. Uh, they had they they played they played a tougher game and were ready to play. And they had live legs. And the Sixers did not, did not look interested at all in this game. So, hey, Nat. We got a clip from uh, Doc Rivers we cut up. Play that clip real quick. And the last question, it just seems like consistency. I know we talked about that beforehand, but, you know, you look at your shooters, they're like they've been hot and cold these three games.
2: That's okay. You know, they just got to keep shooting. I don't think we have great rhythm yet, so I'm, I'm really not that concerned about that. It's three games, and we've won two of them. I'll take the wins. We didn't play well tonight. I'll take that loss.
0: See? There you go. Our guy Keith Pompey asked Doc the, the, the great follow-up question right there, and Doc said it. There was there wasn't any spacing. There's no it was no rhythm and it was inconsistent. So you're gonna have games like this. So if Doc wasn't, yeah, you know, if he noticed it, and he didn't panic, nah, why is everyone panicking?
1: Well, I think everyone's panicking because you know I said this in the last episode. You know we don't want to get duped again. And as much as we love Doc Rivers, Daryl Morey, and, like, all these moves that the Sixers have made, you know, with the inclusion of players like Seth Curry, Danny Green, Dwight Howard, it's just... It looks exciting on paper, and I think fans, when they see that first loss, and as opposed to it having come after the first five games where you won all five games last year, now it's coming after only the first three, and you lose to the Cavaliers. And I think that concerned a lot of fans because... They won, you know. They won a good game against the Knicks. Now it's the Knicks. You're supposed to win that game to begin with, but aren't you supposed to win against the Cavs too? I think that's what a lot of fans like had in their minds. And also, they didn't win big against the Washington Wizards, and they also didn't win big against. Let me pull up the schedule. The they. Well, so, that it was, was it. only
0: the Knicks, the Wizards, and and then the
1: Cavs. Right, you're right. That was the third game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they so, didn't win
1: big against the Washington Wizards. And, you know, they were supposed to beat the Knicks, which they did, but you're supposed to beat the Cavaliers, too, and they didn't do that. So I think that instantly concerned a lot of fans. Like, what are we really in for here with this team?
0: Well, let me ask you a question. You're saying that they're supposed to win big against those teams, but all those teams had a makeover from either coaching staff and team or team only.
1: And I think a lot of fans just don't realize that.
0: Yeah, so to to say that they're supposed to win big against those teams, like I mean, it's early in the season. It's not you're, that's not guaranteed to some of these fans, right? Yeah, Should you know, so you, it's, yeah, right, it shouldn't be. So my thing is the overreaction, like you said, don't get duped, don't get too high, don't get too low. Just take it one game at a time. Uh, I've been stressing, you know, mid January. It's going, to take, it's going to take time, and you're going to start seeing the uh, turnaround. This game right here that they lost falls in the exact situation of last season or the seasons prior under the old regime, where they would have lost the Knicks game and then turned around and lost the Cavaliers game. But they found a way to fight back against the Knicks to win that game, and they just had no fight for the Cavs game. So we get, because of I think I I, uh, texted you, Nat. I said, I said, this has a feel the Sixers are going to get blown out against the Cavs. It just had that feeling because of the way they played against the Knicks, just based off of what we saw. And sure enough, so you got to expect it. You got to expect to have a clunker in there. You're not going to, like Doc says, you're not going to win all 72 games. You might, some teams may come close, you know, but not this team. And they're still trying to they're still trying to fill each other out. And B said it in the post game that he's still trying to figure out where Curry's going to be coming off. It, you know, he doesn't have that that continuity yet, like he did with uh, JJ. It's expected. He has it with Tobias and Shake because he knows them. You know, he's still getting used to Curry. Curry Curry has been a bright a bright uh, light on this team so far. I remember talking about in uh, August and September before uh, they made the trade when I said they had to upgrade the two position and bring in Curry and make that trade with Josh Richardson when Nat and I were uh, just fishing around. And let me tell you something. Defense is there. He's got that herky jerk going to the to the rim. He can finish either side of the rim. He's not just a uh, – Lights out three point shooter. He can dip in for two. He can drive for the layup. Um, he Listen, I, I've been happy with him, Matt. I don't know about you, but I've been happy with Curry.
1: I really have, too. I mean, I made that, I wanted them to make that trade back in when we were doing episodes over the summer. And I didn't think they would actually do it. You know, this was just something that I wanted them to do. And here they go and actually do it. And it's everything I wanted to see. You know, he's hitting threes that other players are setting up him to make. And that's what I love about the Sixers team now is that we finally have three point guys, or at least guys that know how to quarterback the offense. And it's just yeah. amazing to see. It's refreshing, It's a great right? system. It is. Yes, you're right. It's super refreshing. I. It's one of those things you love to see. And I don't have to say to myself, Watching these games, oh, they're going for a three. Why are you going for three? You're going to miss it. Like, because you, I mean, you would have Al Horford and Josh Richardson out there. And like some games like Joel and B, like when like those guys were together, it's like, why are you going for the three? Like, Al Horford would shatter the backboard. You know, Josh Richardson, you know, like maybe like probably wouldn't even hit the net. It would just go out of bounds. You would get all these different. Yeah, it was like, it. it Dude, you might as well, like, put the Benny Hill music in there for a compilation of Sixers missed threes last season. And now, like, the beginning of the season, I kind of had that apprehension. I'm like, why are you doing this? Why are you going for the three? And they're going in. And I'm like, oh,
0: oh, this is nice. This is refreshing. You love to see it. Rhythm rhythm after rhythm. They were coming down hitting threes in uh, a couple games. Hey, man, real quick, though, you said Furkan Korkmaz, uh, he's – He's injured. He's going to be uh, out for a few weeks. And, um, you know, there's going to be minutes. So, Mike Scott, Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Dibel they're going to have to step up and take some of those minutes. Um, It's going to be tough, man. As much as, you know, Korkmaz gets crapped on, he's done his job coming off the second unit. You know, and it's funny. Because the other night, uh, not comparing player to player, just comparing the situation, okay? Let's put that out there. Uh, Kyrie went, at one point, he was like 1 for 10, and he was 0 for 6 from beyond the Art. If one of our guys, let's say Korkmaz, went 1 for 10 and was 0 for 6 beyond the art, now we would be running – we would – be continuing to run him out of town, right? Absolutely. And Korkmaz hasn't even put up numbers like that yet. You know, outside the Cleveland game, he's been solid. And everyone in the Cleveland game wasn't performing well. So, you know, he just falls under that as well. Well, I say the
1: same thing when it comes to the Flyers. To me, it's not about one guy putting up you – know, hundreds of points a season or it's not about you know one guy doing a terrible job and we have to put all the blame on him no these are team sports we're talking about Furkan on look as much as we give him crap i mean i give him crap too you look, do the guy at least this time around to me it seems like he understands his role on the team and is uh, filling that role tailored to this system i mean what how can you complain about that the same thing goes for the Philadelphia Flyers. You know, they had they were putting up you no know, like eight goals a game la- the season before, and but they were also like letting in like nine goals a game. So you weren't gonna <laughs> win games that way. Then they switched up to a more defensive tailored system, which actually somehow improved their scoring as well. And it was a system that thrived under a new coaching system with players that could uh, mold into that molded into that system and I think you're seeing the same I think you're seeing the same thing with the Philadelphia 76ers right now where even though you're having guys like Mike Scott and Furkan Korkmaz out there they're not the superstars on this team obviously but they know their roles on this team and they're thriving in it because it's a system tailored to them playing those role positions
0: Doc has Doc has them in this in a more comfortable role than what they've been in prior prior hand, and you know that's what the and like you said it's a great analogy crossing up with the Flyers. Flyers got new coach, new system, and the players fell into a better comfortable role than what they were prior. And with uh, Vino, man, let me add real quick on the Flyers: um, should we be concerned about Patrick and Hart, or are we are we good?
1: Uh, less concern than last season. Because Carter Hart pretty much the only thing he has to improve on is his road safe percentage. And if you take care of that, then you're you they're gonna win a lot more games on the road. And then Nolan Patrick, there are still some concerns, but less concerns this season as opposed to last season.
0: Okay. Okay. So we'll keep it we'll keep a close eye on that with uh with the uh, puck dropping soon. Have many more days, Nat?
1: Ooh, not not long. We have less than two weeks until Flyers-Penguins.
0: There you go. Ooh, talk about opening the season up, huh?
1: I think that's the second game, too. First two games, we'll have Flyers-Penguins.
0: Wow. Wow. Well, Flyboys are starting up. Sixers are in. Coming up on Philly Full Court Press, what's Doc River's thought on the uh, Toronto game? Uh, we got that and so much more. Stay with us, fan. Grab your drink. Happy New Year. We'll be back after this quick commercial break.
3: If you want to make something that truly reflects the city of Philadelphia, it better be great. It better stand the test of time. You better expect the work if you want the results. That's just how the city was built. And that's just how it made. You see, here, greatness requires a push and a pull. A challenge, a goal, a chase, a pursuit. But when you get there, by day or night, you'll turn the curve into as great a city as you'll find anywhere. Where the stars light up the night, reflecting icons. Rock the baby to sleep and slam up. Reflecting greatness. Iverson has Jordan. Reflecting the spirit of competition that's fueled us from the start. Built for the city.
4: Built for the night battle. With coronavirus still spreading, people at higher risk must take extra precautions. You're at higher risk if you are over 65 or if you have any serious underlying medical conditions like heart disease, chronic lung disease, diabetes, or if your immune system is compromised for any reason. If you're at higher risk, wash your hands frequently with soap and water for 20 seconds. Avoid touching your face. Disinfect frequently touched objects and wash up after being in public spaces. And when it comes to social situations, less is better. Stay six feet or two arm lengths away from other people. Better still, stay home if you can. If you're sick, please stay home and away from others. And if you think you've been exposed to the virus, call your healthcare provider before going to their office. In challenging times, the choices you make are critical. Please visit coronavirus.gov for more information.
3: What's up, everybody? It's Carmelo Anthony. Hope everyone is staying healthy.
2: During this time, you know, we should all be looking out for one another and staying calm and staying safe. I'm just trying to stay positive as much as possible. To spend this great time with your loved ones. I think it gives us a lot of perspective. Call some of your friends and your family and let them know how much
3: you, you love them and how much you care about them. Practice compassion. We have to be kind and really practice a sense of community. We're going to get through this thing one way or another, and the appreciation level for everything will be at an all-time high. We all miss fans and our teammates and basketball. This is only a virus that we can beat together. Um, hopefully, we'll be seeing you guys soon and back on the floor. Say see ya. see ya.
0: Welcome back everybody. Greek T Will Nat Marlowe from the Full Court Press. So we just talked about the uh the Cavaliers game, we kind of, you know, chalked that up as a total team performance of an L, right, Nat? Oh,
1: absolutely. Everyone, everyone failed.
0: So, so we we went into the next game. Uh, after that, we posted the schedule up this week, and it was the Toronto Raptors. The Toronto Raptors have been a thorn in the Sixers' side for since they've basically been in the league. The Sixers have still yet to win a regular season game in Toronto. The last, I feel like it's been forever. But it has to be at least 17, 18 games now, right?
4: Easily.
1: I don't know what it is about them crossing the border and just not (laughs) being able to win in the the Air Canada Center. Actually, no, not that. It's not not even (laughs) that anymore. Scotiabank Arena, that's what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, they changed the name. But they've lost in both of them, so it don't matter. (laughs) Don't matter what they name it, the Sixers are losing.
1: You call it whatever you want. They can't win in Canada.
0: They can't win in Canada. Someone said, oh, well, Brett Brown did win two games in in Canada. Yeah, that was the playoffs. We're talking regular season.
1: If only he won that Game 7 in Toronto.
0: Exactly. If he would have won Game 7, I would have gave you that one. But they never won in Toronto, okay? And – this year they won't win in Toronto either because Toronto's playing in Florida. So
1: I was well, well, I was like, getting t- concerned that they, well, they, they weren't
0: going to win in Orlando either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. Exactly. Uh, I was going to say, before we dive into this, uh, once Toronto gets back to Toronto and the NBA uh, format gets somewhat back to normalcy, uh, either this season or next season, work my words, we're going to start giving teams fits in their own building under this under uh, Doc Rivers. We're not going to see any more of these long drafts of not winning in other arenas. I, I mean, it's a list of Washington, Toronto, Orlando, um, out west, uh, Dallas, uh, Sacramento. I mean that's five off the top of my head. I mean if I keep digging deep, I probably could find more. But, you know, just you know, look at that. When the Sixers go on the road to certain buildings and listen to what Zoom off and a talk about how the Sixers have never won in this building, you know, and you'll see the last uh month, date, and year, you know, that's gonna change quickly. But Toronto came to Philly. Philly was on a uh 16 game win streak at home. They haven't lost at home in a while. And that was with fans. So, you know, now they're trying to do it without fans. And Nat, this first quarter against Toronto was ugly, Nat. It was ugly. The, this this whole game was ugly. This was a this was a tale of two teams where you got the the bad offense for the Sixers the first half, but you got the defense and then the second half, you got the offense with the defense. And then you got Toronto, who you got the good Toronto Raptors with offense. And then you got the bad Toronto Raptors on defense. So this was a great... I thought this was one a great win here. I thought the Knicks game was a great win. This was a better win, That
1: You're right. And it all comes down to them pushing through the adversity. Because I was doing... I was doing the highlights for that game. What The first quarter, I think the score was 28-17. to 17. I'm like, okay, not the position you want to be in, but it's the first quarter. You can you can easily come back. Then the second quarter happens, and it's like, oh no, what, what are we in for here? And I said, okay, like they can fight through it. Runs happen all the time. They get on a good run in the third and fourth quarter. They win this game. Then Joel Embiid gets hurt. I'm like, oh no, this is it. That was where I lost hope. When Joel Embiid went to the locker, I'm like, "That's it, they lost this game." And then, <laughs> then he comes back to the bench. I'm like, "Okay, he's back on the bench." Then he gets back into the game. What he either he either makes a block or he makes a dunk, and I'm like, "You gotta be kidding me! He's back, baby."
2: The and beast is <laughs> well, it's back. It's
0: funny though. It, it's funny though because when he did get hurt, i i I sent to uh, i said I sent a text to a buddy of mine. I said. You know, Doc Rivers just told one of the coaches staff members to tell him to go back there and get his ass back on the court. <laughs> You're not laying back there hurt. Dan, you know what? Didn't to that kind of
1: get... Didn't that provide a little bit of a spark to the team when he went to the locker room? We were like, guys, we're not losing again. Let's get this rolling.
0: Yeah, well, when he went out, when he went out, the uh, the Sixers were playing a little better. They were playing better defense. So, his... uh. His return just kind of, like you said, sparked them to give him that extra oomph on that run. But you know what's funny? When the Sixers were making the comeback and uh, between the end of the third and into the fourth quarter, when they were just grinding away at Toronto and, and coming back, there was uh, one person I noticed that wasn't part of that, that big chunk of the return of the Sixers uh, catching up to Toronto. That was Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons was on the bench for a while. He was on the bench for a while during that uh comeback. They they ran with uh Curry, they ran with Curry, Shake, Tobias, Danny, and and Joe. And the Sixers made made their way, they made their uh their way back into the game. And when they got down like within single digits. I think that's when uh Ben Simmons came back into the game and then they they kept pushing. So that was interesting strategy to to ride the big man who definitely carried the team to ride the big man uh back in that game to get the Sixers back in that game against uh Toronto. You know what else was also funny that that was that was uh that stuck out to me in that game was the foul shooting. Sixers Sixers got back into this game at the foul line. 100%. you know they it good like
1: once the amount of times that they got to the line of the amount of free throws that they were making said so this is this is good like because they just kept driving and driving and they kept getting fouled and they again they didn't give up they kept pushing through it and because they kept pushing through that gave them a lot of foul shooting opportunities to get them back into this game
0: tell you man you could you could you could uh save a game by getting to the foul line. And that's what they did. They saved this game. They were 28 of 33 uh, from the fra- from the foul line. They shot 85, percent and it just you it just slowed the game down. It just slowed Toronto down. Toronto started missing all those threes they were making early in the game, uh, and the Ben Simmons defense was locked down in the fourth. Toronto shot 35% for the game, and the Sixers shot 38%. So it was a, it was an ugly game. It was an ugly game. Uh, Toronto shot 45 threes, Nat. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. They were missing game. a lot, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the Sixers couldn't hit water if they fell off a boat. So the only, the only saving grace was the foul line. It was the foul line, and they dug in on defense. You know, they they did what they did on the glass. They out-rebounded Toronto. Uh, They had less turnovers in Toronto, only by one. They got outscored in the paint. Actually, they outscored Toronto in the paint by 10. And they only had 15 personal fouls. Toronto had almost 30 fouls. So, you live at the line, you can control the game. And we've talked about that, not, not just with Ben Simmons, but in general. Get this team to the foul line, put these guys in trouble. It makes your job easier. You outscored you outscored them in the, in the second quarter. You outscored them in the third quarter, and you kind of controlled the fourth quarter. It was a solid win. That a solid win. You know, Joel did his. Do, Joel did what Joel needs to do every night. You know, he had 28 – he had 29 points in 38 minutes, but he got help. Tobias Harris, uh, tw- he had 26 points in 38 minutes. He had 11 boards. 26 and 11 from Toby, that's what I that's what I would like to see consistently going forward this season. 22, 24, 9, nine, to, nine to 12 boards in the flow of the game. Love to see that. Curry had 17 – telling you, man, Curry, Curry's going to be that, that X-factor. He's going to be the X-factor this year. And, you know, Ben almost had a triple-double. He had 11, 13, and 7. So, you know, point guard numbers. They're point guard numbers. That's an old-school point guard numbers. They're not – that's not a, a Harding 52 points and 13 rebounds because Harding has to do that. Ben doesn't have to do that. Yeah, what's the key word of point to,
1: Guard. Guard. And it's like I, I'm sick of the mentality. It's like, oh, well, every point guard in the NBA has to shoot. You know who thought that? Nine-year-old
0: me playing NBA Live 2003. <laughs> yeah, listen. The definition of a point guard is to facilitate and and uh, get the uh, offensive get the offensive players in the right position to run the play. And that's what Ben does. He gets the guys in the right spot. Um, he runs the offense. Uh, he, and he facilitates. And he and he D. He, he plays D. The guy's defense is lights out. I don't know what. I'm not giving up a defensive player like Ben Simmons for someone who's not going to play D. We're seeing it in New York. And in, in New York, with Brooklyn. Brooklyn has all the offensive power in the world, but they can't play no D. Speaking they of defense. Run a, they, Nah, if, if Brooklyn runs up against a team that plays defense, they're in trouble.
1: Well, speaking of defense, I got this from our friend Keith Pompey. The Sixers rank third in the NBA in points allowed at 99.8 per game.
0: And, oh, and also uh, from our friend from uh, Keith Pompey, the Sixers are number one in NBA team, uh, team defense efficiency. They're number one.
1: So what does that tell you?
0: It tells you that the, this is a winning mentality right here. This is how you have winning basketball on the defensive side. Their defense is is triggering their offense, and that's what Doc wants. He wants your defense to trigger your offense. You don't want your you don't want it the other way. This is exactly what he wants. This is what he talked about. Well, with that being said,
1: let's. I kind of want to like your opinion here or kind of like clear the air of the situation or maybe like introduce like a new dynamic to this conversation. Now it's kind of beating a dead horse at this point, but with the way the season has gone so far, like what do you say to the people who are all about trading Ben Simmons for James Harden at this point with those numbers?
0: Just to be patient, stop screaming and hollering and, and, and wanting to to get James Harden because he scored 38 points the night before. Okay, he scored 38 points the night before. They're, they're two different styles of players. And plus, I keep saying, it, I'm not giving up Ben and, ben and Joe. They, they need each other. I want to add James Harden to that. I don't want to give it up. I'd rather have Ben, Joe, Harden, Curry, and Harris on the court. Look at that firepower where Harden can finally run off the ball at times. He doesn't have to be the main, main, uh, main ball handler. He doesn't have to be called the dribbler. But it just scares me because watching Harden's style of play that they created in Houston when they traded for him, can he can he change his style? Can he play defense? Can he give up the ball? As as much of an offensive talent he is, that you know, let's let's keep it real. Daryl Morey created that, and now you want to put him in a situation where you don't want so much of that. You just want a little uh, a little
1: piece. And also, Mike D'Antoni played a huge actor in that as well.
0: Right, absolutely. Did. With that with that seven second or less. And you mentioned and you mentioned
1: Daryl Morey. So what? What did you make of the <laughs> Daryl Morey "I Need You" James Harden tweets that he got fined for?
0: I actually didn't see him. I only saw that he got fined for him, but I didn't see the tweets. But um, I, think from just reading the backstory about it, I thought it was pretty hilarious. To be honest with you. Also, I thought it was funny. I think I think Daryl Morey was having a little fun with it, and, and the NBA didn't like that. Also,
1: you got to pat yourself on the back a little bit here. Why is that, Daryl Morey? You know, you know what I'm talking about.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that later. But hey, um, play uh that clip from uh, Doc Rivers and Embiid on the Raptors one.
2: It was terrific. You know, uh, dominant. You know, it's funny, Keith. Obviously, he had 29 points. I thought he made the three key plays down the stretch with by passes. Got the ball out of the post, swung it. Uh, got the ball out again, swung it to for a 3 I mean, that's how we have to play. Uh, Joel Embiid is a dominant basketball player, and the other teams are going to send people. And we work on it every day, everyone getting to the right spots. Uh, so Joel didn't have to think. He can just pass it, and he did that tonight.
0: Domination, that. Joel Embiid is a beast, and, and Doc Rivers sees that. And he knows that Joel can step on the court and change – Change the outlook in a game. And oh, he's T-Wall, right.
1: He will. D- D- jo- Joel Bead's out of shape. Uh,
0: jo- Doc Rivers is going to run him in shape. Doc Rivers going run him in shape. You know what Doc said? Joelle, uh changed that game by making passes out of the double team. Because the players. And he didn't have to think about where to pass the ball. He just made the pass. You know why? Because the players were in position. And they knew where they had to be on the court. When you take the, th- the thought process out of a player like Joel Embiid and he could just react, i.e. like Tobias Harris, just react. Oh, man, it's a fresher breath air. Embiid made a nice pass to Green in the corner. He missed the first three, but they got the rebound and Curry hit Green back with another pass and he, he made the second. So, it, I mean, it's it's a fresher breath air to see an actual system in place that the, the team is – Grasping to and starting to play with. We haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. We saw a lot of the, the dribble drive handoffs for three for the last couple of years. But and we saw like uh, I, I had a half hearted motion. Offense that our team didn't really buy into, but they're buying in on this one that and and these leading the way. He's having a, a, a great start to the season. You know, the last three, his three games up to this um, prior to Orlando, you know, he's 29 and 14, 27 and 10, 29 and 16. And, you know, it's a great start for the big man. You know, that's three uh, out of four
1: games. You're winning on the road, too, because they only had, what, nine wins on the road last year? Well, look, you beat the Knicks in MSG and you beat the Magic in Orlando for the first time since, like, what, 2014? It's (laughs) Yeah, really. So it's like yeah, you, you so- already have two road wins on the season, and it just goes to show, you know, like you have a good system in place. Look, you could win anywhere, especially when you have no fans in the stands. That's going to play a huge advantage to the Sixers, I believe.
0: Uh, Yes and no. Yes and no. I think it, on the road, yes. Uh, at home, I think they thrive off of the fans. But, uh, at home, of they that, absolutely that, do, yeah. Yeah, speaking of that, thriving off the fans and stuff um, – in his Raptors game with Ben almost, almost having a triple-double. Uh, play that clip that we
2: caught up with uh, Doc Rivers on Ben Simmons. No, I want to win. I, I swear, I I, I really – someone taught me this long ago. You win the game, and you keep winning games. And you don't worry about where or who scores. Or, I, I, you know, Ben missed some great shots tonight. If he had a, converted two or three of the layups that he made and got to the foul line a little bit more, he would have been fine. So – um, we we played good offense tonight. We just couldn't make shots, like literally couldn't make by our, by our shooters. So that's all I'm concerned with. But I, I could care less. I'll let you guys talk about what Ben doesn't do. Uh, I just want Ben to keep playing great defense, running our team, and winning games.
0: I mean, it's 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 silly, man. It's so silly why we are continuously harping on this guy and not shooting. I don't. I don't get it. He almost had a triple double. His fingerprints are all over the, the the court. His defense was impeccable in the fourth quarter when, when he got back in. And he's going to the foul line with confidence. That's why I said yes and no with the fans. That since there's no fans there, there's no pressure on him. There's no. There's not a lot of eyes on him. So he looks good at the foul line. He looks comfortable. He doesn't look like he's afraid to go. I, I is it me or is or I don't see I don't see what all oh, what the media sees because they're really they're really harping on this man about him not shooting.
1: I think they want to. Yeah, I think I think you're right because there are some people that you know I've been talking to, and it's like they can't get over the fact that he's not shooting, and it's like, okay, well, what do you want? Like, do you want because Ben Simmons, the way he's playing right now, it's like, is it superstar level? No. But he's playing to a system that's helping this team win games. I mean, look, like Claude, Claude, I see the same thing about Claude Drew and the Flyers. Down year offensively, but you know what he was doing? Playing to a style to help the team win. That's what I care about. The team winning. It's not about one guy. Because let me tell you, Ben Simmons can put up Let's say he puts up 50 points a game. Well, if he puts up 50 points a game, but the Sixers lose every game this season, there's no point then. What is the point? If points, oh, because he, he shot a
0: three, Nat. Oh,
1: my. Because at least he's shooting. If one superstar putting up tremendous numbers every game, it was everything in the world, then the Houston Rockets would be champions every year, right? By that logic?
0: Yep.
1: It's yep. A, they, we, I get it. I get it. Ben Simmons, Like we want him to like shoot that three on a regular basis. We want him to be an offensive powerhouse on a regular basis. But you know what? He's a defensive powerhouse on a regular basis. And you know what? It's a team game. I don't want to put all the responsibility on Ben Simmons. And on top of this, look, I think here in America, we're so focused on the offense and what the offense can do and offense is important I always say the best defense is a good offense but I think we're so we are just so offensively focused it's like tunnel vision we can't get out of the fact that Ben Simmons is not putting up great offensive numbers every single night when he's doing the same defensively and I think for Ben Simmons's game and to tailor his game to this system you need a defensive workhorse like Ben Simmons, and I think if you trade him for someone like James Harden. I think Harden is going to be a bit of fool's gold. Now, could I could I be wrong? And if they trade for Harden, then you know it'll tailor better to a system than Ben Simmons right now. Could have, perhaps, yeah. I'm just not fully convinced of that at the moment because I think with the great defensive stats they're putting up right now, I think a lot of it is in. I think a lot of it is because of Ben Simmons and if they're winning games and if they're still putting up great defensive numbers and putting up more points as a whole than they did last year as a result, I don't want to interrupt that flow right now.
0: I, I'm on the side of with Doc Rivers, uh, let, the, let the media and all these, all these expert GMs out here that aren't getting paid, they're getting paid $0 and 0 cents and all these fan accounts and, and all these other accounts that want to call themselves contributors to the Sixers, but yet want to keep bashing Ben for not shooting, but not realizing that Ben is doing exactly what, you know, his coach wants him to do, control the game, get the players in position, and and facilitate. You know, just leave Ben alone and let him play. The jumper's going to come. It's going to come. You know, I asked one – I asked a uh, – uh, a guy who who's on the know that is Ben Simmons seeing the the sports therapy. Remember, he was supposed to go see the sports psychiatrist about his shooting. Yeah, like what happened with that? You haven't heard anything about that. Maybe Danny Green and and Dwight Howard are the sports therapy that he needs. You know, because Danny Green made some comments saying, uh, you know, he's going to wait a little bit before he starts telling Ben to shoot during the game because he said Ben can shoot. He, he was uh, in an interview and said, Ben can shoot. And, you know, he's seen him shoot. So he's, he's going to wait, to see how this plays out. But before he starts, you know, voicing his opinion on Ben and shooting and I, I like it, Danny green, taking a, taking a leadership role as a vet. Yeah. Dwight Howard taking a leadership role as a vet. Yo, get out here after the game and let's pump some threes up. Let's get some jump shots up. You have the ability to be great. You just have to have someone, I guess, to push you or motivate you over here in Philly, and I'll do that.
1: What, Al Horford didn't do that?
0: But I, I was about to say, but I also <laughs> I also think uh, uh, Dwight Howard's doing that with Joel as well. So I don't think it's just like a Jimmy Butler – type deal where he was buddy buddy with, with Joel and doing the headband thing with Ben. I think it, it's just more of a team thing right now. It's not just focused on one or two players. So we'll see, man. I just, I I agree with doc. I don't like, yeah, I want Ben to shoot. It's so frustrating, you know, take the shot, be more consistent with it. and, you know, you'll open up the game more for the team, and it's selfish when he doesn't do it. I'll hold him accountable. I say it all the time, but I'm not trading him. I'm not trading him right now. I'm only five games in, and the Sixers are four-one. They're tied for first in the East, Eastern Conference, and they're they look better. They look they look good. They look better each game. Outside the Cleveland game, they look better each game. So they're finding a rhythm. So coming up, we'll talk about uh, the Orlando Magic game. Which uh, we all had some fun with that game, man. That was a great game. We're gonna feel. We're gonna hear what uh, Steve Clifford thought of what Orlando's performance was and the Sixers' performance was. We got that and so much more. Philly really full court press. Hey, fam, stay with us. Grab your drinks. You know what we're sipping on. We'll be right back after these quick commercial breaks. Hey, Vito's. Hey, oh. yo, want cheese steak? Hold on. Hey, cheese, cheese
3: steak! Cheese steak! Cheese steak! Coming off. Coming on! on? What? on? What?
0: Yeah, 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 we got burgers. Want hey, what's a burger? What does he want? A burger! Get the cheese
2: steak! Get
1: the cheese steak! Yeah, 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 that's that's awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the both yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget, forget about it. Drop the what phone. What?
3: what What do you want?
4: Cheese steak or you want a burger? Hey, what's he want?
1: Burger! Hey, Pop, he wants a cheese
0: steak and a burger on one bun. What
2: does he
0: want?
4: We do that? We don't do that. We
0: don't do that.
2: We know that we're asking Americans to do a lot right now. So we're asking everyone to be selfless for others so that we can protect those who are most susceptible to this virus. A
4: question I often get asked is why should young people care about the spread of coronavirus? Well, we know that people with underlying medical conditions over the age of 60 are at highest risk, but they've got to get it from somebody. Social distancing is really physical separation of people.
2: It's what we refer to when we ask people to stay at least six feet apart.
4: Not going to bars, not going to restaurants, not going to theaters where there are a lot of people. It all just means physical separation so that you have a space between you and others who might actually be infected or infect you. We all have a role to play in preventing person-to-person spread of this disease, which can be deadly for vulnerable groups. For more information on how you can social distance, please go to coronavirus.gov. With coronavirus spreading, people at higher risk must take extra precautions. You are at higher risk if you're over 65 or if you have an underlying medical condition like heart disease, chronic lung disease, diabetes, or if your immune system is compromised for any reason. If you're at higher risk, stay six feet or two arm lengths away from others. Better yet, Stay home if you can. The choices you make are critical. Please visit coronavirus.gov for more information. And he's averaging 13 and 7. That's kind of what he normally does. And I would think that that's what Aaron Gordon has become. As Yes! for one more, but we're still buzzing about Ben Simmons. Steps right into that. Simmons, that's the first three he has taken this year, and he is now three for eight over the last couple of seasons.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Philly Full Court Press, Big T Will, Nat Marlowe. And uh, you heard the Sixer highlights a little bit on that Orlando game. Nat, that was fun.
1: I mean, you couldn't ask for a better game. I mean, they put up how many points in that first quarter? It was like, where was Orlando? That, it was like there was a point. It was like to start off the third, Tobias Harris literally runs it in. None of the magic were moving. They were all just standing still and literally let Tobias Harris walk up to the rim. They
0: uh, okay, literally just standing asleep. around. They fell asleep. They look like the Sixers against Boston in the, in the bubble. When Jalen Brown got behind the Sixers defense and they all fell asleep. But to open up this game, I mean, they almost scored 40 40 points in the first quarter. So 38 points in the first quarter. Ben Simmons opened the game up with uh, driving to the rim because there's certain people out there that say Ben Simmons doesn't go to the rim. He doesn't drive to the rim. He doesn't finish at the rim. He opened the game up driving to the rim and finishing. I mean, it's silly. It's so silly that you have – I don't know. I'm not even going to get into it, That I'm not even going to get into it. He opened up the game with a nice drive. Sixers scored 38 points in the first quarter. They scored 37 points in the second quarter and held Orlando to 18 points. That defense was out of control. You know why? Because the Sixers' defense – held Orlando to one shot one shot the Orlando Magic looked like the Sixers against the Cavaliers one shot when you hold teams to one shot opportunities and you come down and you get buckets these are the type of games you're going to have these games will be over by the third quarter and you didn't let the team come back into the game you you kept your distance you kept your lead you kept pushing you kept scoring and you kept playing defense, and that's all we asked for. I could have seen this play out last season, that where the Sixers were to let Orlando back into this game <laughs> within ten points, and I think that's where my blood pressure would have started boiling.
1: Well, hey, the you,
0: frustration
1: would have set in. You were even able to incorporate some old school load management in there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and how's that play out? The old school uh load management. That how's that work?
1: It's like you get Joel Embiid to play twenty seven minutes a game, and you know when the team goes on a nice little run, you know, you have a nice little forty point lead. You know, give Joel a little bit of a break.
0: <laughs> that's where that's where you're going to get your your uh load management in, right? Exactly what you just said. You know, you're going to get up big, and you're going to have. Enough, enough uh, cushion to uh, sit out the fourth quarter, half of the third quarter, because let me tell you something. In the first quarter, even though they were up big, and B didn't get his first break till under a minute. Second quarter, he didn't come out till there was like thirty seconds left in the in the quarter. Now I didn't see it out the third quarter because I didn't see him too much in the third, and I we rarely saw him in the fourth. I think he played like maybe four minutes in the fourth, right now. Something like that. Yeah, there's your there's your 20- twenty Yeah, there there's your twenty-seven minutes right there. So he kept them under thirty minutes. He had twenty one he was uh he had twenty one and nine. And it was spread out. It was spread out throughout the team. One thing Kevin Garnett said about Doc Rivers was he will get you a break during the season, and during the game. He made Kevin Garnett a better player by the conditioning he did. And if you pay attention, you're starting to see it. You're not seeing, oh, six-minute mark in the first quarter, Joel Embiid comes out and rests. Oh, two-minute mark into the second half, Joel Embiid is still on the bench. We're not seeing that. We're seeing Embiid on the court. That's what we need. We need our guy on the court. You're seeing Ben Simmons on the court with the second unit. None of this load management through the game, and then you sit two or three games after that. The big man is is coming to play, Nat. He's coming to play, and we're seeing it. I mean, (laughs) what else is there to say about it? You can't bash Joel Embiid right now in his conditioning. Just give it another two weeks. He's playing like the the best player, the best big in the league right now. He's up there. I still give it to the Joker, but Embiid is definitely backing up what he said over the summer, that he wants to be the best big man in the league. He's playing like it, and Doc is getting him there. And it's the coach's staff. Dan Burke, and his defensive mentality is—you can see it starting to work. Sam Cassell digging into each player, night in and night out. You know he dug into Bias. You saw him dug, uh, dig into uh, Danny Green and Maxie. Jaeger, his offensive skills—you're starting to see the, the plays starting to develop more and more. They got more than one as doc said, they got more than one action off of one play. This team's going to be fun, man. This team is going to be fun. Just be patient. Calm the noise down. Don't listen to the 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 please Harden's and and I want Harden's and and Ben won't shoot. Calm it all down. Just let the team gel. And perform. And speaking of Ben, won't shoot. Nah, nah. It
3: Did happened.
0: he not hit a three?
1: It happened. We saw it.
0: Did he not hit? <laughs> so, last game, I uh, forget the uh, Dan Gleason asked about Ben not shooting. And Doc said, I'll let you guys worry about that. And then they come out, first quarter, first eight minutes. What's Ben do? Stroke of three. It looked good.
1: No hesitation on that shot whatsoever. He got the ball, got beyond the arc, boom, back in the net.
0: He looked good. It looked good. I... (laughs) I think he's playing with us, man. He, I think he – I think Ben is in his own head with it because he looked good on that shot. He really did. It was fluid and it looked. It just looked comfortable. But – and he had help. Danny Green set the pick. Aaron Gordon went down instead of coming up, and Ben faded to the corner. Joel hit him. Bang. But I, I know the frustration, fans. I know it. You want to see more of it because the more we see of it, the easier the games want to come to the Sixers. But you see the spacing already, even without Ben shooting, they still have the spacing. And I think that's what we're missing. We're trying to compare previous years where there was no spacing and we want Ben to shoot to create spacing to where now you have shooters on the court, Curry, Green, Harris, Milton, Maxie, uh, and others that create that space because they can shoot. So Ben doesn't have to create that space by shooting. Everyone's collapsing down now on Joel and B because he's showing you the last four now, now the last uh, four out of five games that you're gonna have to double. As soon as he gets the ball, the you know, pass it out of the pass it out of the double. Which he's been doing really good. And you got to respect the shooters. So you're going to come down, and we, and we, and that, we explained this throughout the season with Doc's offense. You're either going to have to make one or two decisions. You're going to have to commit to the double team on Joel Embiid and either foul and it's him to the foul line, or you're not going to commit to the double and he's going to still beat you one on one. So when you come down and double, You're leaving a shooter open. You're not just leaving Ben Simmons open because now, Ben, now if you notice the offense, Ben's guy, if he doubles, he kicks it to Ben. Ben's going to drive it right to the rim. They're going to collapse on Ben. And now you're pulling away the shooter's defensive player. So that's why Ben kicks it to the corner. I see it. I I see the action, I see the motion. And it looks fluid when the Sixers are hitting shots like they did in Orlando. It's it's a pretty it's pretty basketball. It was it was just pretty basketball to see. You can't you can't you can't knock what Ben's doing once again if he's facilitating. Sam Cassell said he wants Ben Simmons to grab ten boards a game. What did he grab against Orlando, Nat?
1: He grabbed. He grabbed ten rebounds,
0: ten boards a game. He wants them to have. Ben could do that. Was I do that in the first quarter? And that's he, how you get the full. That's how you get Ben in the flow of the game. Let him let let Ben do what he does: crash the boards, play D, and facilitate.
1: And he almost got a triple double too. I mean, he was only two assists and one point away from getting that.
0: Another another. Triple double watch in another game. We're only five games in, and he's had three potential triple doubles already.
1: And you know what's crazy about the Orlando game? No one had a double-double.
0: No. No. Curry had 21. Uh, he was five for seven from Beyond the Yard. Ben was Ben had nine and ten. Uh Joel had twenty-one and nine. Toby had uh, Toby had a good game too. He had twenty and nine. You know, uh, Dwight came off the bench with seven and five. No, no double doubles, none. But everyone chipped in. Danny Green, where you at? <laughs> still waiting for you.
1: And was <laughs> still waiting for you. What is it that I said the last segment? The last segment I said I don't need a superstar putting up. You know, 50 60 points a game if your team's not going to win this game no one had a double double and you ended up having a 40 point lead at an early point an early point of the game and you still end up winning by 24 points team game here people it's like it's when you have a system in place and when you have a system in place that's tailored for guys to contribute everyone from your superstar to the guy coming off the bench, getting only four minutes a game and everyone plays their role and they do it well, and sometimes even excel at that. You're going to win games. And that's what you saw down Orlando. That is what
0: you saw. We also saw tremendous shooting by the Sixers. Like Doc said, he doesn't feel like the team has hit their stride yet shooting that they're still, uh, Spacing issues and and pace and rhythm. I think we saw it in the Orlando game. I think we saw the pace, the rhythm, and the uh, spacing. Sixers shot almost fifty percent from beyond the arc. They shot forty five percent. Nat. Yeah. That's high for for a Sixers team that we know. <laughs> that's high.
1: They were incredible.
0: So you know they were they were stroking the rock. They were hooping. They were hooping and they and they kept Orlando to one shot and you know it was beautiful basketball. It was good to see. So hopefully, uh hopefully uh they carry this on through their next uh next weeks of games. Uh they got a uh they got the Hornets Saturday, Hornets Monday. That's not a uh that's not a, a miss a miscue. The Hornets are in town for Saturday and Monday. And then you bring back the Wizards Wednesday, and then the, the Brooklyn Nets on Thursday. That's what we want to see, Nat. And that's probably when we'll we'll record and wrap up for uh, next week with with uh, ending uh, next week's with the Nets. That's going to be fun. But uh, Nat, real quick, out of the Orlando game, the Seth Curry five for 7, 21 points, man. What'd you feel about that?
1: I mean, look, Seth Curry. I, yeah, you love to see. It. I mean, I I keep saying this, and you keep saying this too. Seth Curry is you know, a guy you can rely on. You know, give the ball to him. You know, you're he's gonna put up threes. The the Sixers finally have a three man. I don't have to worry about got Al Horford missing missing the net or like shattering the backboard. No, it's like we actually have a three guy now, and it's amazing.
0: I'm, I'm- I'm curious to hear what uh, Steve Clifford's reaction was playing the Sixers with that firepower. Nat, play that cut for us real quick.
2: Well, I mean, I thought they they were great. Obviously, they had a, a much higher energy level, intensity level than we did. You know, we made some mistakes. They made shots. Uh, and then, you know, it just got away from us. But they were, like I said, they were much more ready to play than we were.
0: So there you have it. Steve Clifford and his reaction to getting beat. They came out to play. The they had no answer, and the Sixers looked fluid. Things that we talk about, man.
1: And it's incredible. You gotta. You love to see the Sixers team win under this new system and Doc Rivers. I I can't. Uh, well, and when you frustrate other teams like that, when you frustrate other teams like the Orlando Magic, how satisfying is it? Then now as opposed to us being frustrated by them, now we're the ones doing the agitating. Ah,
0: oh, it's a gr- it's a great feeling to be on the other side finally. Um real quick before we uh, jump into Q and A, Nat and everything, uh how do you feel about the upcoming schedule? Hornets, Hornets, Wizards, Nets.
1: It's gonna be interesting. Uh I really want to see don't how this... Don't
0: lose both don't lose both back, don't lose one out of two of the Hornets. You gotta beat both the Hornets games, right?
1: Yeah, because you don't know how that Nets game is gonna go.
0: Right, right. I I handle business. New new Sixers, new hour, new year, new coaching staff. Handle business. LaMelo ball is is going to be a problem in the NBA. That kid is star potential. He's better than his brother. But Ben Simmons, lock him down, show him, you know, let him get baptized in the NBA. He's already had one game where he didn't score at all. You know, let's try to lock LaMelo down. And Sixers handle business. They can't stop Joel. Then we got Westbrook and the Wizards. We already uh, saw what they, they could potentially do on the defensive end to the Sixers. Let's not have another frustration game like that. And then you got their, your game up in Brooklyn. You don't have any fans. It's pretty much neutral site, just like the NBA has been all season. Go up to Brooklyn and and let's get it on. Let's rock. Let's see what we got. Because uh, I want to see Brooklyn play against a team that plays defense like the Sixers and see what happens. But, uh, hey, Nat, what you sipping on, man? Anything good for the new year? How'd you do it?
1: Uh, I had uh, – I didn't really drink a whole lot. I had some tequila, but that was like in the middle of the day. Uh, I, it was a very, very tame New Year's. I'll say that much. They, some of my friends yeah, party see, hard, but I kept it pretty tame.
0: Yeah, smart. This was a different – this was a unique uh, New Year's than, you know, previous ones. I'll tell you one thing. What I did in 2019 the 2020, I didn't do it this year. I'll tell you that. I totally flipped the script. I was not, you know – didn't do what we did last year. Bringing in 2020, did some to- totally different. Break up the, uh, break up the, uh, you know, the trend. Hopefully bring in a, a little more luck for the this year. Uh, any New Year's resolutions, Nat?
1: New Year's resolution: stay off my phone. Okay. Like stay off, especially Twitter. Twitter is, ugh, that's my biggest <laughs> vice. Uh, when it comes to, like, being on my phone right now. And I said, like, I wasn't gonna, like, get, uh, poisoned by it. And, uh...
0: I don't think you have. I don't think you have.
1: I spend too much time on Twitter. That's where, we well, like, you
0: have to because of your job, though. So, you, you know, you got a lot of, a lot of updates and sports things that are happening. But... And s- when it breaks that fast, you know... In your position, you gotta be on top of that, right?
1: Either way, like I spent way too much time on it. It'll be like, I'll be home, and then next thing you know, two hours go by, and I'll just be on Twitter. I'm like, what the hell am I doing with my life? So that's my New Year's resolution: Say <laughs> off a of goddamn Twitter.
0: Oh man! Hey, listen, man. Good luck to that. I'm not making a resolution because every time I make one, I, I, I um. Let's say I. Every time I make a resolution, I complete the resolution, and then something happens to where I have to go back and break the resolution. <laughs> so I, I'm not making a resolution. I just want I just wanted to be happy. That's all. And I have no problem enjoying uh being happy. You know, that's not that's not something that, that costs anything.
1: Yeah, so, that's the biggest prize um, in life. Like the happiest year of my life, hands down, was twenty nineteen as a whole. And dudes, like you know what? That should probably be my resolution. Like like become as happy again as I was in twenty
0: nineteen. Right. That's all. Just just be happy. You know? I'm not it doesn't cost you anything to be happy. Doesn't cost you anything to smile. Doesn't cost you anything to say something nice. It's zero dollars, zero cents. So you know. Hey, Ain't that twenty twenty in a nutshell what was it for you 2020
1: in a nutshell the first half sucked the second half got a lot better um at least financially for me and uh like wrapping it up you know what because wrapping it up christmas last year for me sucked christmas this year for me was a lot better so you know what not the year I was hoping for as a whole, but I think I can end it on a pretty high note.
0: Nice. Nice. 2020 in a nutshell for me, I'm glad it's over. Glad it's over. So let's uh, continue to make strides in the 2021. And hopefully, as I've been always preaching, 2022 is going to be the year. That's the year that we'll be uh, having all that, that positive, positive, even more positive energy and more normalcy I don't see it happening in twenty twenty one but I see it trending in the right direction and then twenty twenty two I've always preached it It's funny someone at the liquor store was uh no I was at the grocery store someone said, uh, oh, you have all the party look at all the party stuff in that cart. What time does a party start and i said twenty twenty two and his significant his significant other started laughing. Said, "Oh, baby," said 2022. She thought it was hysterical. But I ain't playing. Anybody knows me. I've been saying that since since last March, 2022. You know, that's gonna be the one. That's gonna be one where we might we might just have a uh, all out celebration. It's gonna be one for the ages. That's what I, that's what I think. But uh, hey man. We got this little segment called Q&A where you guys send us the uh, questions and Nat and I sometimes have the answers. If you guys want to jump on that, you can always send us uh, your question or your thought at Nat underscore Marlow at Big Team Will 34 or at Full Court 76. That's where you can find us. Nat,
1: how was the mailbag? Mailbag's looking pretty good today. So let's start off with this one from Reese. Uh, Reese starts off by saying, I need you to answer this on the on the pod. What has Ben Simmons added to his game since year one? He seems like the same guy with added defense. Still needs to be more aggressive when attacking the basket. Still driving to a jump pass when he should go up. It's sickening.
0: I feel all that, Reese. I feel all that. Some of it I agree with, but you uh, read that first part again about his defense, net.
1: He seems like the same guy with added defense.
0: Okay. Well, he's increased his assists. Uh, his scoring is the first five games is down a little bit. Uh, added defense is a bonus because we're not giving up. We don't have guards going off for 30, 40 points against us. And he's increased his foul shooting uh, percentage so far. He's getting to the line. So he's not the same guy, even though he looks like it. He's not. You got to really dive, look at the detail. The jump passing, I haven't seen much of it after the first two games. That hasn't – I was actually talking to a good friend of the show, Joe, about that. That that has decreased each game. You don't notice it as much. I used to harp on that as he would go to the lane and jump pass. Um, I'm not seeing it as much as we – saw it for prior years and early on in this year so just be patient Reese be patient let, let them get let them understand the new flow the new the new uh, system and uh, we'll see the best of ben, trust me what else you got
1: Matt? This one's actually a follow up to Reese uh, he goes t Well, please do and break down rather you think Philly would be better off without Simmons or Embiid
0: um, I don't think Philly would be better off with either or to Tell you the truth, they need them Philly needs Embiid, Philly needs Ben The dominant Force that Embiid is In Philadelphia For you to bring another star in here They're going to have to understand that So that player's Game is going to have to Adjust to Ben, uh, Ben, I mean uh, Joel Then go into another team he's going to continue to be the same player so the same player you're seeing now is the same player you're going to see on another team his assists might go down because he might not have the, the firepower that he has here in Philly his minutes might go up because he's on a bum team his turnovers might go back up that's another thing his turnovers aren't high right now so that's changed a lot too answer that other question. But if Ben goes to another team, his turnovers might go up because he might press. Here he's not pressing. He knows what he has in and B knows what he has in Ben. Just add to it. That's all you gotta do. Add to it. All eyes is on them. And we can do that. We can do that here in Philly. Just let down Morey do what he does. What else you got, Nat?
1: Alright, this one isn't really a question, but Anthony says... T will pissing me off. Four games in or not. A simple threat of taking that shot would be would open up their offense immensely. Been wishing and hoping he would change, but wish wish in one hand and crap in the other. Well my hand is gonna be filled with crap soon.
0: No. No. You just frustrated because you watched that Cleveland game. That's all it was, and it was frustrating. That's it. I know exactly what he's talking about. And watch like everybody. And you, me, and all the other six of fans watched that Cleveland game, and everyone had the same overreaction. You know, just be patient. You're not looking for. We're looking for uh, Ben Simmons to take that shot when we had no spacing on the floor to create the spacing on the floor. We don't have to create space on the floor anymore. You got the shooters around Ben that already created the space. So, you know, 2017, 2018 with Bellinelli Ilyasova. It's the same style Ben Simmons right now. He's he's kind of falling back into that style, and the spacing's already there. It's going to get better. You're not going to have a handful of crap. You'll be good. Trust me. And so, listen, we're only five games into the season, y'all. You know, we're not we're not even uh, a third of a way through. We're only five games in. So, you know, just be patient. I said, give it till mid-January and watch the team flow. You saw, you're starting to see the flow out of Toronto and Orlando. Let's see what they do uh, coming up this week. Starting off with the uh, back-to-back Hornets game and then ending the, the uh, close to the, the uh, week with uh, Brooklyn. But, you know, just be chill. Sip on your yak and relax. Go ahead, Nat. Justin
1: asks, has Matisse scored this season yet?
0: <laughs> Matisse finally scored. And he had a breakout game against Orlando. And it was good to see. It was it, it felt good to see Matisse finally uh look for his shot, take his shot, and get in the flow of the game. Because I not Justin, I don't know about you, but I was getting a little worried too, to be honest. You know, I, I've been hoping for Matisse to uh break out of this little thing he's in. And uh that was good to see. Let's hopefully let's hope that it continues against uh Or uh Charlotte the next two games. What else you got, Nat?
1: From John, what does the Theibel option pickup mean since he really isn't getting any minutes under Doc? <laughs> Thib-
0: Theibel is going to give you defense. He has some deflections in the Orlando game. Like I said, he, he broke out a little bit. Um, he's an added defender, and you need defense in the playoffs. Don't always look at his regular season. In the playoffs, the game changes. And you need a guy that can defend and Thibault can defend. You know, he's having a slow start in Doc's system and it's expected. But uh, give him some time. And all you Thibault fans out there, including myself, you know, let's just be patient like we are with uh, the Sixers as a whole. What else you got Nat?
1: From Philly fan, at what point does Doc tell Ben he has to shoot the ball to remain on the team? Or when does Doc tell him to stop taking terrible shots and make decisions quicker so he doesn't get double or triple teamed?
0: Well, if you listen to Doc and listen to us, Doc don't care about Ben shooting. He wants Ben to, to run his offense to run his team. And sometimes you want Ben to get double teamed because it's gonna open up one of his shooters that the court is space that, that the floor has facing with now. So then you don't want them to make a quicker decision because sometimes that could turn into a turnover. That's like frantic basketball. If he's under control and he sees the double coming, he knows where his guy is on the court. So he knows to make that pass. And that pass is usually to a a, a guy named Seth Curry now, or Tobias Harris, who's finally showing up or a Danny Green that we're still hoping that's going to show up with more than one, three a game. But you still got to respect a guy like Danny Green. So, you know, it, don't watch. You got to watch the, the flow. Pace, flow, and spacing. Don't just get caught up on on one tribute, and that's Ben. Ben's doing what Doc needs him to do and what the Sixers need to do to win. Because at the end of the day, let's look at it like this. Sixers end the calendar year, let's say they're uh, – I say calendar year, I mean uh, the month. I'm sorry. Let's say the Sixers end the month of January with uh, only one loss still. Y'all going to still complain about Ben? I don't think so. Next question, Matt.
1: From Doc Mad. A lot of people are freaking out about this team. But it seems to me that it's about right given the the shortened timeline for the draft, trades, and preseason. The team has been completely rebuilt again. Do you think we should be expecting more from them at this point?
0: No, I agree with exactly what you just said. Uh, it's a hundred percent accurate. Um, where they're at right now is exactly where uh, Nat. I think you would agree to this that where we saw they would be. So don't get too high, don't get too low, and just en- just enjoy enjoy what you're going to see. I mean, like I keep saying, this team's going to be fun. They're fun to watch now. They're going to get even more fun. As the season goes on, but I agree with that. The changeover is just—it was just too much. What else you got, Nat?
1: You know I got to get to ruin today. Will Cassell <laughs> run out of sneakers for putting his foot up Ben's ass for every blind jump pass he commits this season?
0: No, San Cassell got a San Cassell had a shoe contract. I'm sure he got plenty in the uh, in the archives to pull out. Uh, but not only just Ben, you know Harris. Matisse, and everybody else. That that assistant coaching staff is doing their job, man. They're, they're earning their money because they're up coaching. And it's a joy to see. It is a joy to see. It's a joy to see Doc Rivers coaching and yelling at the team when they're playing sloppy. Let's go. Pick it up. You know, come on. Like, you don't – we didn't hear that. We didn't hear that from the other coaching staff. We used to just see a guy on the sideline – Hold the paper, smack the paper with his hand when something went wrong, and just pace up and down. So, this is refreshing. This is what a coaching staff does. And and we got to get used to it. This is a different mentality right now. Sixer fans got to get used to it. So, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm not getting duped, but I'm excited. What else you got, Nat?
1: From Jay, have y'all noticed Ben is setting up the offense more? This is the first time I've seen him directing players where to be in his career. Going to take some time for him to grow in his role.
0: Right. Right. I've noticed it. I've, I've talked about it throughout the show. And, you know, there's another fan right there that's noticing what I, uh we noticed. That. So it's going to take time, but he is directing more. He's facilitating and he's getting the team in, in the spots they need to be. I can't even add on to that. That's that's uh, good work right there. What else you got, Nat?
1: Last one comes from me.
0: Go ahead, give it to me.
1: Does Daryl Morey listen to our podcast?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think Daryl Morey's a little busy right now. He's a little busy right now deflecting all the haters and naysayers away from him.
1: He's a little uh, busy liking but- your tweets.
0: Yeah, he liked one of, the, one of my tweets. I appreciated it. Uh, I think Daryl Morey, once he gets settled in, he might listen. It might be pretty cool to see if we could reach out, get him on. You never know. He seems like that kind of guy. Um, if I was down at the stadium uh, or actually arena, it probably might happen. But none of us are there. So, But Daryl Morey seems like he's uh, he understands Philly fans and he, he gets it. Because uh, he's, he's thrown some jabs at some people in Philly that needed some dumb jabs thrown. And I loved every minute of it, Nat. And I know you did, too. So, uh, Daryl Morey, uh, he might listen, that eventually. Right now, no, I don't think so. But, you know, there's always potential. You never know with Philly Full Court Press. Is that all you got?
1: Yep. That's our mailbag.
0: Hey, man. Hey, man, listen. Like I said, you guys want to reach out to us? Hit us up at BigTWill34 at Nat underscore Marlow, or at FullCourt76. And uh, we'll try to get your questions on uh, each week for Q&A. Uh, final thought of new year, Nat.
1: My final thought, Sixers are looking better than I thought they were going to be so far. So keep up the good work.
0: I, I want to piggyback off of that and say they look um, really good they look really good they're not sharp yet but they look really good and i see a lot of potential and promise so hey man listen happy new year everybody i hope everyone is continue to i hope everyone continues to stay healthy i hope this new year brings you joy i hope it brings you wealth uh that you never had before and i hope it brings you good spirit and health This is Big T Will. That's Nat Marlowe. This is Philly Full Court Press. We'll check you guys out on the other side. Peace.